The following podcast is a production of Mosaic in Whittier, California, a community of faith, hope, and love. For more information about Mosaic gatherings and events, please visit mosaic.org. Good morning. It's good to see all of you. Hey, well, this morning we're finishing um, narrative, and we have a few more folks that are going to be sharing with us. So let's just get right to it. So um, Dan and Kristen, come on up. Good to see you guys. All right. There's one, and you actually get one too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Unlike at home, you're allowed to speak. Uh, oh my God, was this was this on? Who had it on? <laughs> you uncovered us. <laughs> That's right. No, I, I'm married too. So, anyway, um, touche. Uh, any rate, okay. So, uh, Dan and Kristen. So, briefly, how long have you been involved in Mosaic? I came to Mosaic when I was a sophomore in high school. Three years already? Yes. Wow. <laughs> Lots happened in this. <laughs> Lots happened, that's right. <laughs> Three teenage girls. Three teenage girls. <laughs> well, you take vitamins, so. <laughs> I came when I was a sophomore in high school, and um, to uh, my manager at McDonald's, my first job, encouraged me to come, and I've been ever since. And, and how, how long have you been involved with Mosaic? I've been involved with Mosaic, well... You didn't tell them how long you've been here. You don't want to, you don't want them to figure out the math. <laughs> Careful. I'm, I'm, 20, just, I'm 29, so I do the math. Okay, that's right. <laughs> I've been 35 years. Yeah. Wow. I'm proud of it. Look at, yeah, yeah. Look, you guys look great. All right, and? Uh, 21 years. 21 years, okay. So you guys have been married how many years now? 18 uh, 22 plus. years, so yeah, yeah, 18 plus. We're going on our 19th All this right, November. awesome, great. Yeah, round of applause. How many kids? Three daughters. Three beautiful daughters. <laughs> what are their names and ages? Uh, we have Rachel, who's 16, Olivia's 15, and Tori's 13. Okay, so uh, I know a little bit about your story. We've talked on and off, and uh, you, you guys also served overseas. I don't think folks know that. Can you give us a little Reader's Digest version of serving overseas? Sure. In uh, 1997, we got out of school debt. I'm a dentist. My wife is a dental hygienist. We got married. We had $44,000 in debt. Wow. And in the 97, we actually got out of debt and felt like God was calling us overseas. And we went to, of all places in the world, Pakistan and actually lived there for 10 months. Mm-hmm. And what were you doing there in Pakistan? What was your my, service? My, my main assignment was actually to, to go into remote villages and provide dental care for um, people that lived in villages and um, we would, you know, load everything. We had mobile dental equipment, and we loaded it up in a truck and would drive to villages and provide dental care and some measure of health care, you know. Wow. So it doesn't take, a, doesn't, doesn't take a genius to figure out that you shouldn't drink the water that the goats, you know, do their thing in. So, so simple things like that. Um, and you, this is also, you had a small family. This wasn't just you two. Our, yeah, our, our um, youngest daughter turned one a week after we got there, and then uh, three and four. All right, so, all right. And I also know that you uh, go to Mexico annually, or is that twice a year now? And you do some of the same thing, providing dental care for folks and that kind of thing, right? Uh, yeah, just once, once a year now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go once a year down with uh, the Mosaic down to Ensenada. And in September, Labor Day weekend... So I'll make a shameless plug. If you're interested in, in going, 
uh, Steve's back there. He's gone with me. Uh, others have gone from Mosaic uh, Whittier. But uh, we go down and we have a healthcare emphasis and we go down with uh, physicians and other dentists and students and people who are in allied health care positions and we provide dental care over a weekend. And it's, mm. it's great. A lot of fun. Okay, so um, what would you want to, what would you share with us, like some of the biggest lessons you learned regarding service or marriage or raising teenagers? I mean, you know, you've got 30 seconds to really impress us. Make I had it, to practice it, with my wife so I wouldn't be long-winded, so. Oh, okay, all right. So who's going first then? Okay, I'll, I'll just be, I'll speak <laughs> Did you see the dynamic of you? <laughs> Um, I'll just speak into, um, you know, being a, a mom of, of three children. Um, when our kids were young, we made a decision that we would serve as a family, that service was a really um, a high standard for us. It was just, it was not an option that we would serve. We served as singles, we served as a married couple, and then when we had children, we wanted to serve as a family. And, you know, it's kind of hard when you have, you know, a baby in arms. What do you do? Mm. <laughs> um, so, you know, over 35 years, I had a lot of opportunities to serve in different uh, areas, but I remember, you know, being a wedding coordinator, just taking my little ones to weddings with me, you know, and passing them around and, you know. Was this as, as a warning, or what was it? <laughs> <laughs> and then as they got older, you know, um, even as little ones, you know, we'd have a food drive. Kids go and stack cans. Um, just oh. always bring them oh. along, you know, mm-hmm. even if it's just clearing the tables after an event, throwing away, you know, paper plates and napkins and, you know, tying up trash bags. But just always bringing them in and making, a par- making them a part of it. Um, when we came back from overseas, uh, there was a whole year where I just was not involved in serving at all. And I remember being approached um, by the leader of our uh, preschool department, and she said, would you consider serving with your husband in preschool? He had already been doing it for a year. And I remember thinking, okay, I have a, a, a two-year-old, a four-year-old, and a five-year-old that I am with 24-7. Why on earth would I want to come on Sundays, you know, again and be with little kids? No, thank you. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And then over the next few months, God just really worked on my heart and uh, said that that was where I needed to be. And it's just been a beautiful thing because that is where our kids have really learned uh, service. And that's where they've been serving alongside of us for 12 years. And they're so. serving right now. They're, they're serving. They're right watching now. your toddlers right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Awesome. Great. I'll give a round of applause. That's terrific. <clears throat> they're okay. They're okay. They're, they're in good okay. hands. You know what? Let's go to Kristen's verse. It's Psalm 37.4. And then Dan will cut over to you. So uh, why is that verse meaningful to you? Um, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Um, it can also be translated, take delight in the Lord, be happy in the Lord. And, um, you know, I am a naturally a very pessimistic person. And so I need this verse. I need to be reminded that as I delight in Christ and as I delight in my relationship with God and I stay connected to him, that he will, not that he'll give me everything I want. I don't see the verse as that, but I see it as as I stay connected with him, that um, my desires, his desires become my desires. Mm. And so the things that maybe I'm desiring that aren't in line with his heart, well, he will change them. Awesome. It's always been an encouragement to me. Awesome. So what's the one thing you'd want to share with us? You've lived quite a life, service, overseas, family, married. I mean, there's a lot of experiences that some of us here in this audience have never had. Uh, What would you tell us from some of those experiences or the one maybe big thing? Well, I think that um, one of the things that we we left out in our story of going going to Pakistan, it was actually a two-year assignment. Um, And this was in 98, 98, 99. was that we actually had a fourth child. We, my wife became pregnant 
overseas, and the reason why we left our assignment early was that our daughter was going to be born with serious congenital problems. And so um, at 38 weeks pregnant, we in just from one day to the next, got up, left everything that was there, and came back uh, to the United States. And then uh, two weeks later had our fourth daughter, Hannah, who was born with a severe congenital problem. And she wound up passing away at seven weeks old. And so some of you, some of you know that. Some of you were a part of being our, the community that helped mm-hmm. support us through that time. Um, but um, what ended up happening at that time is that uh, I actually went into deep depression. And I've had a lot of you know, things that I've had to work through, depression and stuff from even other uh, parts of my life. But um, it was actually um, Pastor Irwin mm-hmm. who had challenged me when we came back that, that really probably the place I needed to be was to serve families of small children. And, uh, and, and that that would be a place where I could heal. You know, well, that, you know, if you think about it, that's not an easy thing to do. If you, if it make, to me, it just seemed like I just lost a child. You want me to go, you know, rejoice the fact that other people have children that are alive and healthy. In fact, we have, you know, two families that are very close friends of us that had a, their, their third child one week before and one week after. Mm. And... Um, and so, you know, our daughter would have been 12 at this point in life. So that's when I jumped in. The, uh, actually, I, I, God distinctly spoke to me and told me to join the preschool. And that's when I did join the preschool in 1999. And it wasn't until eight or nine months later that God finally convinced Kristen that she needed to be a part of it. So we were a part of that for a long time. And so the thing that I've learned is that um, serving has been a big part of the healing in my life, hmm. giving my life away and not focusing on just me, my problems, but actually serving other people. And the funny thing is that along the way, God has done, I, I think, a deep, deeper work in my life because one is I've taken the focus off myself, and two, he's brought people, sometimes as I'm serving, in we cross paths, and I can tell you, sometimes there's just been one person, I've met them one time, but they had the right thing. They had something to say that I needed to hear mm-hmm. that was meaningful. And at the same time, I was able to, to share with other people, too, mm-hmm. and to use my story, my experience, to be a blessing to others. And in that, in the different areas that we've served, we've just really seen how God has been uh, strategic and you know, as a wedding coordinator, we were constantly with young couples, and so that gave us an opportunity to speak into the lives of young people who were just, just starting, and we were a few years ahead of them. Mm-hmm. And then um, even working with um, preschoolers and Kids Mosaic, being able to come alongside people who, you know, were in our same station. And so we've met a lot of people and been able to serve alongside of people that we wouldn't have known had it not been for those service areas. And I met my husband while serving as a greeter. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> all of you single women. And so, um, get going to sign ups for greeting back. Yes, that's right. Meet your potential get, husband. Get the list ready, Nini. <laughs> hey, let's put up Dan's verse. Uh, this is the Proverbs verse, correct? Yes. So, um, why has this been meaningful to you? Proverbs chapter three, verses five through seven. Yeah. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and, and do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. And that verse has been a part of me in, in that I've, I've, I've literally had to learn to just really take every area of my life 
and, and give it to God and trust him and things that I know. You know, a lot of times, a lot of us, we don't need more knowledge. We don't need more information to know the right thing to do. A lot of times we know the right thing to do. It's our fears or whatever. And that, that, that when God calls us to do something, he can be trusted and that he will direct our steps. So awesome. that's hey, been a part of our life. Let's give these folks a round of applause, shall we? All right. That, that was a very powerful, that in service was healing. Hey, we have another couple <clears throat> that's been part of the Mosaic community for a number of years as well. And so can you please join me in a warm reception for uh, Dave and Rachel Sitt? All right, so uh, Dave, you might be the winner of the longest, I mean, from an embryonic stage, you were part of Mosaic. Now, Mosaic is a 60-plus-year-old church, a couple of name changes along the way, but how long have you been part of this church? 49 years. And you are how old? 49 years. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, from literally from an embryonic stage, you've been part of this church. And, and how long have you been part of Mosaic? 22. 22 years. Okay, so you guys met where? The bank. <laughs> so you saw my paycheck, and that was it. <laughs> I saw his paycheck, and I felt sorry for him. Yeah, I was going to say, this, this poor man needs someone to cook and clean for him. <laughs> he cannot be taking care of himself well on this paycheck. <laughs> okay, so you've been married uh, two decades plus, right? 20 years. 20 years. Okay, t- t- 20 years. Okay. And um, you have one or two kids, right? Six boys. Six boys. You guys- I'm totally outnumbered. <laughs> <laughs> so um, did you find you guys, did you guys finally get a TV or did you? We have four TVs. We have four TVs now. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Okay. So uh, been part of Mosaic for a while, married 20 years, six boys. You guys have been involved in a number of things, a number of areas from uh, premarital counseling, counseling areas. You've been involved in other things. So tell us just briefly, uh, Rachel first, and, and then Dave, and then we'll wrap it up with a couple of verses that you guys have chosen to share with us. Um, we've been involved in a lot of stuff um, together and separately. Um, probably just about everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've done uh, preschool, children's ministry, college ministry, um, one of the, my favorite things that we've done together has been premarital counseling. Um, we've done that for like 12 or 13 years, about 12 or 13 years, maybe a little bit longer. Um, and I love doing that together because I feel like it really helps to keep our marriage in check. Uh, because sometimes, you know, he'll be telling couples, well, you need to do this and this. And I'm like, hello. <laughs> Wow, yeah, that's, so, <laughs> yeah, every Sunday so, when I go home, I get reminded what I didn't do. Yeah. Um, and so, but my favorite thing that I do, apart from Dave, is women's ministry. I just love uh, meeting new women and, and spending time with them and uh, just hanging out and taking them through whatever they're going through and going through the scriptures together. So. And uh, in the, since this is an, an arena for shameless plugs, you guys have something coming up pretty soon, right? A big retreat thing or something like that. Oh, yeah. Right. Sign-ups in the back. Uh, women's uh, Warrior Women's Retreat. So we'd love to have you come. It's going to be a lot of fun. Paintballing will be involved. Paint, yeah, paintballing and bruising. So. Yeah, bruising. Okay. <laughs> don't, don't be scared. Which is, which is always a women's retreat. Okay. <laughs> so 
uh, share some of the areas you've been involved in. I guess there's, there's, there's similarities, but, you know, what else? Uh, pretty much everything. Like I said, all the youth ministries we've had through the years, high school, college, uh, preschool, children, um, usher, greeter, uh, set up, breakdown, uh, just large number of things through the years been involved in. So. And right now, currently, part of your uh, extended giving back to the community and service is, is what did you do? Um, something that I never thought I would do. I'm a Little League baseball president mm-hmm. uh, for Whittier Little League over here. So uh, it's my third year as president. Um, I've been part of that league for seven years. And uh, I never thought uh, that I would do that kind of thing. Because um, I'm not necessarily the person that always likes to be up front. But as president, you are. Um, and the way it got to be that, it was um, the previous president, her kid had grown up, was old enough, was cycling out. So she was looking to give it away. And uh, a few things were happening. Uh, I had an offer at my job. I worked for Southern California Edison. And I had a job, I had offered it to possibly become part of a rotation program that would um, pay me about 35% more than I was making. Uh, and I would have been, a, probably would have got it if I had went for it. But at the same time, uh, Little Again said, hey, would you consider being on the board? And I said, Shh, okay, I'll consider that. Um, and then uh, at the same time on my job, I, I told Rachel, I said, you know, on paper, this looks like a no-brainer, I said, but the job would take me out to Rialto or Santa, uh, Fontana, just far. So not only would I not be able to be a Little League board member, I wouldn't even really always get to see my own kids play. And, uh, and watching my boys play is just one of the greatest joys I have. Um, but at the same time, this just didn't look right. So um, I just told my wife, I said, I really feel that God is just telling me not only to not take this job offer, but to not be on the board. But if they want me to be president, I'll be the president which is insane. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, uh, I went in to, to my supervisor and said, you know what, uh, I don't think this is uh, where I'm going to go. I said, I respectfully turned this uh, offer down. And he was very surprised because at Edison, it's always about moving up, making more money, getting on top. And I just said, I, I want to be a Little League president, which pays you absolutely nothing. <laughs> and, uh, but there's so many other perks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> So things, Dirt day. Yeah, so I got to, I, I went to be, uh, at the same time, we were having an end-of-year party with the previous president, and we were sitting talking, and I, I happened to have these Catalyst books from these Catalyst, Catalyst conferences, and I was, there was one on leadership that they put out, and so we started talking about leadership, and uh, she reached over and said, would you like to be president instead of just being a board member? And it's like, and I, had, I just said, yeah. Because I knew what God was calling me to. <laughs> and uh, so that's where I've been. And it's quite an interesting experience. Hey, um, you have uh, chosen as your verse here, let me, Proverbs 24, 3 through 4. Yeah, so why, why is it meaningful to you guys? It's um, important because no matter what aspect of life you're involved in, wherever you go, if you don't have the wisdom or search out the wisdom of God, you're going to fail. Even if you succeed in the physical world, spiritually you will fail. And uh, 
I've just come to see that uh, when I look at my boys and I look at the room and they're a complete disaster, uh, I still see, you know, rich and beautiful treasures uh, watching them grow and through the different eras of our family. Uh, the same thing in Little League. Um, you know, Little League would, would be great if we just got rid of the parents. <laughs> uh, but the, the, kids, the kids are just wonderful to watch. And... Despite all the surroundings of it, that's one of the funnest things, is to get to know the kids and just watch them play a kid's game and have fun. Uh, and to me, that's a beautiful treasure. And one thing I've tried to get with my board is that uh, you'll have a servant's heart if you serve on my board. We're not going to argue uh, and fight amongst each other. Um, we deal with each situation as best we can, and we move forward. And... Uh, so part of that is another treasure is just getting to know all these people and showing them without ever really saying it that Jesus is here and he's watching over this league. And it might be just a very simple little league, but what happens in that league through a year is amazing. We've had managers very young die tragically in a car accident. We've had managers die of a cancer at the age of 30. Hmm. And, uh, and other ones, a cop got killed in a car accident. And... Uh, there's so many things you deal with, um, but the thing is, is there's this beauty in all of it. And just even going through our own church and all of this history, it's, um, it's like watching one of those timepiece movies where you see a character when they're young, and by the end of the movie they're older, and you see the different things that happen in their life and how it affects them. And you see the same, I've seen the same thing here at this church. Uh, many of you are know, new in here, and that's and it's great. It's... One of the things is having the knowledge of seeing if people live a very godly life, what God takes them through, and how they persevere and how they overcome. And the sad thing is other people who experience the same things and fall away. And uh, that goes for many in my family who have fallen away. Um, so to me, just getting back to his wisdom is uh, without it, you're really, uh, you're just beating a dead horse. Um, you may get what you want physically, but spiritually speaking, your life begins to die every day till you actually do die physically. So um, wisdom has just always been a guiding force in my life. I'm going to give you the last word of that because I assume that's how it is anyways. So anything else you want to <laughs> share about the verse for me? Um, yeah, just even adding to what Dave said, um, uh, one of the things I believe wholeheartedly is that God does not allow us to experience what we do for our own personal benefit, but it's our responsibility to share that with others so that they can benefit from it and be blessed by it also. And even um, serving with Dave, Dave may be the president of the league, but um, it's affected our entire family. All eight of us have served there, whether it's picking up trash, you know, making slushies or whatever. Um, you know, Dave's a lot of the time the last one to leave at the end of the day, so we'll go and help him, you know, with whatever needs to be done. And it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal, but I'm amazed at how many people are watching, and mm. it's it's really kind of cool to see. And uh, just how um, God has us there for a reason. Yes, it's baseball, but we've been able to really speak into, we've earned the right to speak into people's lives. And so... Um, the beautiful treasures in the verse are just the lives that you touch and, and you minister to, um, you know, through countless things. You know, we had this one woman that I, I really didn't know very well and just 
opened up one morning and was sharing that uh, she was going through a divorce. And so walking through that and we've become really good friends. So you just never know um, who's watching because they, they're always watching and they're always watching. And, um, you know, you, you, through serving, you know, you just, people just know there's something different. Because most parents will just dump their kids off and then they take off. And we're kind of like a babysitting service. Uh, but then there's those that come and, and choose to be involved and they see that, hey, there's something different. So, Awesome. Hey, let's give these folks a round of applause. Sorry. All right, so we have one more. And uh, I'll have a few words to share and we'll close it off. And Lisa, come on up. Let's give her, Lisa a round of applause. Okay. So how long have we known each other? Almost three years. Okay. And we talked about this last night, yes. how we actually met. Right. It was Mother's Day. It was Mother's Day. And what happened? Um, <laughs> I walked into the bright building, and you were sitting on that fuzzy purple couch. Which That's right. I, I love that couch. It was a gorgeous couch. I'm, I miss it. Um, I just made it that much more good looking. Right. Yeah. Oh. Shut up. All right. <laughs> <laughs> And you wished me a happy Mother's Day. Right, because you were with? I'm carrying an 18-month-old child. There you go. Yes. Um, it was, uh, I was with my boyfriend, mm-hmm. and um, it was his child. Right. <laughs> Not mine. Okay. Um, but it was kind of awkward to have that conversation right. after being wished a happy Mother's Day. Like, oh, thanks. Then I asked him, uh, you or one of you, his name. His name. Right, the kid's name. Because so, I wasn't awkward enough, so I thought I could <laughs> pursue that. Right. Well, no. I mean, and obviously we didn't have that conversation at the moment. I just kind of smiled and said, thank you. <laughs> um, and so he told you his name, and it was kind of a complicated name, so he stuck out his arm, which had it tattooed. And there was another name on top of that. Right. And it was? The mother's name. The mother's name. And so I said, oh, I go, oh, you must be so-and-so. Right. Because <laughs> I have a way with the ladies. And I ex- no, no. She's in rehab. Yep. Right. Remember that. Like, and and so I was trying to greet people walking in, and I right. thought, wow, I really set the tone. Mm-hmm. Nobody showed me the roof. I just want to point that. Yeah. Out. By the way, Charisma dropped the ball. Never got to the roof. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Never got to the roof. Um, and by the way, that's why they asked me never to be an usher or greeter anymore either. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, and you didn't even speak that week. It was Lilia. Lilia spoke. Lilia oh, that's spoke. right. It was Girl Power Sunday or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I came back. That's why you came back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know folks may come once to see this mosaic, but they end up staying for Lilia. It's true. It's true. It's fine. I get it. Okay, so we met. You were in a a different relational dynamic. You were living with your boyfriend, uh, taking care of his son and all that. And -hmm. and then then there was a change, briefly. You stayed with Lilia and I for a while. Right, because we broke up for about a week. Okay. And... uh, you had shared some things with Lily and I about why and what happened and where it was going. Well, I mean, when I got into the relationship, I didn't intend for it to <clears throat> go where it went. Mm-hmm. I didn't, um, was not exactly what I had anticipated or what I had planned. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just seemed to practically make sense. Um, he was working overnights, he needed childcare, I was at his house all the time. Just made sense for me to move my stuff over. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it invariably does, yes. I right. Um, so uh, it was by no means ideal, but um, I knew it wasn't right. And you were attending a Christian university at the time. 
Right, they didn't know about that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm could have gotten expelled for that. And there was, so, there was some confliction, which some of the things you shared with us. Right. So on a Saturday, I remember you were um, getting ready to go out and you were going to chat with him about some things. I said, great, we'll see you guys later. Lil and I were gone for the day, came mm-hmm. back. Your stuff was gone. Right. And this is where you get to pick up the rest of the story again. What um, happened? Um, I moved back in. You did. Um, I had become a part of this family. Mm-hmm. I had made a commitment to this child and I was a very active role in his life and I couldn't just walk away mm-hmm. um, at that point um, something I've learned um, one of my strengths if you all have done this strengths finder I have responsibility mm-hmm. <laughs> so if I commit to something I'm gonna do it <laughs> mm-hmm. and when that something is a child, like the amount of emotional connection to that commitment is astronomical. Like I, so I went back and I just decided that whatever the problems were, I, we were going to, I was going to fix it. We were going to make it work. I'm, I'm a professional. I'm good at helping people. That's right. You were a, you're a professional. You... I teach people about healthy relationships. Damn it. I can have my own. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm going to fix it. Now, I remember um, texting or calling or something, and, hey, where are you? Are you okay? Did you stay with a girlfriend? Where are you at? And then you shared, I went back with right. this young man, and I'm working on this, and I'm praying about it or something. And I think I replied a right. little bit first. I was frustrated at that point. Right. In my defense. I think, I think it was something along the lines of, why pray about it? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, know. You, you know it's wrong. Yeah. yeah What's you know there to pray wrong. about? What's there to pray about? No, but in my defense, okay, I was, I was a little abrupt, but, right, but, but on no. a monthly basis after that, what did I do? You, you Redeem continued, me here. You, 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 yeah, you kept trying to keep in contact with me. You kept texting both of us. Um, just being like, hey, I still care about you, you know, if you want to talk, that kind of stuff. I would text and say, I hope you guys are well. Hope to see you again. And you, responsibility was kicking in. You wouldn't, you wouldn't come to I church. Was on the, I was on the rotation for the of, preschool. child care, right. So, so you would show up on would your show rotation up day. On, on my week yeah. because um, I could not show up. I had committed to that. <laughs> but you also shared something briefly last night about um, you, you never felt excluded or judged or anything else. No. But you hesitated connecting further. Can you finish uh, that for me? Well, I guess anything... I, I mean, I wasn't coming as much um, because I, I knew that there was a limit to the involvement I could have. I knew that the way that I was living my life was not something... I mean, you talk about in- integrity, and I remember when we did the character matrix, it was something like able to be trusted with followers mm-hmm. was kind of the definition of that. And I knew that I wasn't in that place. Mm-hmm. And I knew that where I was, was by, it was nothing to look up to. Um, and so I didn't want to present myself as someone who should be looked up to. Um, and I was under the impression that I could do it on my own. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever been in that place where you know that you're doing something that's apart from God. And there's just that separation that's self. I separated myself. Hmm. I knew that 
it wasn't something positive and it wasn't something that was in whatever his plan was. I was doing it my way and that took me away from him. That's a tough place to be where you consciously, we're not talking about a gut feeling. We, 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 we talked about this last night, that you were absolutely consciously aware that this was inconsistent with what you believed the scriptures were teaching and what God wanted for you, but you were not going to let it go. I mean, I, I, I've done it. I mean, there's, <laughs> this, this is not a referendum on you. We've all had those I moments. I can make it work. Yeah, so like, okay, so now, so then what? That whole, I was leaning on my own understanding. Standing, yes, that's right. Uh, and something that you said to me, which you tried to correct me, but no, this is how you said it, was God gives us the, the, the dignity of experiencing the consequences of our own stupidity. I, 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 was I really that? It, <laughs> yeah. Wow, I'm, I'm, I think the miracle here is that you came back. That's what I'm experiencing. <laughs> Right, I okay. back. So, all right, so what's changed as we kind of wrap this up moment up? What, what has changed? I know that you are, you have your own cute little place, mm-hmm. right? In fact, uh, my Facebook photo with Lilia, a profile pic yes. was taken in your yes. living room. It's also on your uh, credit card. It's also on my credit card, yeah. Right. Right. So you think of my apartment every time you buy something. Not always, but it's still on. <laughs> <laughs> but the picture was taken there. So right. those of you who see my right. Facebook page, right. that photo. So you have your own place. You, and, and just this morning, uh, uh, one of the women here said, oh, I so love Lisa. She's just become oh. this, this terrific person, da-da-da-da-da, and, and this, that, and the other. And so what changed? What, what is it? spiritually, internally, emotionally that you're processing that said, I, this is something I can't do anymore? Um, well, kind of understanding that whole um, responsibility thing. It's a strength, but it's also a weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, because I like to take on things that are not my responsibility. And the thing that I learned through this entire experience and the thing I learned about God is that what I was trying to do was God's job. Um, I didn't... I'm a planner. I love to plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if you've ever done the Myers-Briggs, very J. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I like to prepare. I have plans A through F. Um, and for me, God has always been a last resort. God has been plan G. <laughs> okay. um, because you know what? I've got it taken care of. And with this situation, it was very much like, you know, God, I know you're there. But you know what? I got this. It's all right. I'll take care of it. <laughs> um, you don't have to worry about it. How'd that work out, by the way? Um, not so well. Okay, good. All right, just, just to make sure we get the story straight. All right. Um, and taking that on, I realized that I was, I was trying to do that for him. Um, I was trying to be my own savior. I was trying to be someone else's mm. savior. I was trying to be this family's savior. Mm. Um, and that's... You even said something once. You've been, you, you were trying to tend to your trying to tend to your own wounds, right. and I remember thinking that was such a powerful metaphor. Um, and then when you, as we unwrapped it further, you mentioned I was trying to be my own savior. Right. Oh, wow, that was an amazing, amazing realization. Yeah. yeah. Hey, um, we're going to put your verse up. Okay. Um, Isaiah sixty-one one through three, and it's um, a long one. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and you want to read it. Oh. There you go. Okay. Um, the, sp- the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim the freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, um, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn 
and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, uh, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. Um, They will be called oaks of righteousness and planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Okay, so... That was long. That was long. That's all right. Um, Briefly, yeah, why was that meaningful to you? When I read this, Mm -hmm. to me, I kind of see it as a job description. And I think it's very poignant that um, in Luke, this is actually the scripture that Jesus quotes as he goes up into a temple, opens up the scroll, Mm -hmm. and he reads that. Mm. Closes it up and says, today, what is it? In your hearing. In your hearing, this has been fulfilled. Basically, he said, that's me. And so for me, I've been trying to do all of those things for myself to bind up my own broken heart, to, you know, heal all of those who mourn. Um, Including yourself. Including myself. Um, But there's somebody else who's supposed to do that for me, and that's God. And giving that up to him, letting him take control of that, mm-hmm. is terrifying because that means I'm not in control. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's also very liberating um, because they're just they're things that I just can't do. So he's a little better at it than you are. Just a bit. Oh, okay, awesome. <laughs> hey, let's give Lisa a round of applause, shall we? Can we put up the uh, poster thing? There you go. How many of you guys remember this? Right? X-Files. Yes, I know. Come on. How can you? I, I, I want to believe. I know. I'm going to read a passage to you out of the um, message. And um, uh, I was processing some of the stories that I knew were coming up this week. And last week there was uh, uh, four different folks who um, contacted me, whether it was an email or, or texting or, or phone call, you know, different stages of uh, breaking down in relationships, you know. Um, a hit and miss between a, a, a young couple, uh, a marriage that's you know shaky in a different country, another marriage that, that one person who was not in the marriage mentioned that had an affair with this person, and then another one whose marriage has ended. And and uh, you know as I was driving up to Berkeley, I was, as I was getting these calls and these emails, you know I started to get you know surprising, started to get a little weepy. And my daughter who was with me says, "Dad, uh, you know you don't always you know." This is not your problem. I don't understand why you're reacting so much. And I thought, it is my problem. I love these people. I know them. I do care. I mean, it cannot not be something that, that affects me. And, uh, and so one of the things that's different between my wife and I, besides you know, the height, is that, there's a <clears throat> is that my wife is completely fixed and firm in her beliefs. In fact, she has her beliefs, and it colors her thinking. It colors her actions. And I'm not that way. My thinking affects my beliefs, it affects my actions, and everything else that goes on that way. And so as I, as I was you know, listening to these, these, these people share their stories, and, and then the folks I knew who were going to be sharing today, I began to ask, you know, you ever do this? What if this is all nonsense? What if this is not true? What if I'm actually a fool in the end, you know? And I remember, and I, I, so I thought, okay, what if, let me just start all the way back. I'm going to do it to cart. I'm going to just doubt everything, you know, all the way back, you know. Uh, you know, I drive, therefore I am, because I was going to Berkeley, and uh, it was like this 300-mile stretch. And, and so then I thought, okay, so if it's not true, is it still worth it? I, got, I, can, I go, yeah, I can get there, even if it's not true. It's, it's still better. People are better off. And, and, and I was just trying to rebuild myself back up by faith, as it were, taking those steps. 
2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 13 through 21. And this is, I'm reading from the message, so you may not have this. It says, we just thought it would make you feel good, proud even, that we're on your side. This is a Paul speaking to this church. And not just nice to your face, as so many people are. If I acted crazy, I did it for God. If I acted overly serious, I did it for you. And Christ's love has moved me to such extremes. His love has the first and last word in everything we do. Our firm decision is to work from this focused center. One man died for everyone. That puts everyone in the same boat. He included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life. A resurrection life. A far better life than people ever lived on their own. And because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We look at the Messiah that once that way once and got it all wrong, as you know. We certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside. And what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start. He's created new. The old life is gone. A new life virgins. Look, look at it. All this comes from God who settled the relationship between us and him. And then um, through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. God has given us the task of telling everyone what he's doing. We are Christ's representatives. God uses uh, us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. How, you ask? In Christ. God put the wrong on him who never did anything wrong so we could be right with God. I, I, I do, um, I, I, I realize that at, at my core, strip away all my beliefs and exposure to Christianity, whether my Roman Catholic tradition, whether it was in a Protestant tradition, whether the academic environments I've been involved in, I, I know that at my core, I'm not embarrassed to admit this, I do want to believe. I want to believe that people can change, that, that, that it matters what we do. You, over the past five weeks, you've heard stories of people whose lives have been changed and touched, not because people were friends with them, though that was part of it. That might have been the entrance. That might have been the portal. But they were touched because they experienced the living Christ, that he literally, physically rose from the dead, is still alive and still has the power and ability to change the lives of people. I want to believe that. And, and yet, I don't fully just buy about the idea of sense of, okay, now what if, if that's true, there, there ought to be evidence for that. And so I went through that stage of my life for years. What is the proof? What, where are the fingerprints? You know, uh, thinking as a, as a detective, if God's involved in this planet, there ought to be fingerprints on the scene of the crime, which is this planet, the scene of the crime. Where are his fingerprints? What is the proof? Where is the evidence? And, and, and some of you are that way as well. I get that. I can tell you that that will only still take you so far. There's sufficient reasons to believe, but in the end, you still have to step off and trust that his hands hold you up. I do want to believe that our decisions matter, that our life counts, that our actions not only matter today, but they matter in eternity. That we are not just meaningless specks of flesh floating through a, a, a little blue orb in a lifeless universe. And this is not just so I can sleep at night. Because I have to anchor myself to something that's actually true and real. I want to believe love is possible. I want to believe love always wins. And I want to believe like God does, that he bets the entire farm on love. Well, he could have overwhelmed us with this presence. He could have just shocked us into belief. Right? He chose instead to reach out to us in love. It takes a lot longer, and it's not always certain that the outcome will be to our benefit. And I want to believe that love conquers hate. I want to believe that love overcomes fear. 
I want to believe that when we experience the love of Christ purely in our souls, that it's not just a, a fuzzy, warm feeling, but it, it actually drives out fear, the fear of having trying to save ourselves, that we have to hang on to our lives. And this is where I believe John talks about that, that perfect love, his love, drives out our fears, and we can be released to live the life that we're meant to live in Christ. I want to believe and, and as we're going on through this next series, which is going to be exciting, we're going to spend 10 weeks in the book of John following the life of Christ in this book. I encourage you to come and join with me in this conversation. Bring your friends and family members and, and share with them your, also, your beliefs that Christ is alive today and changes lives still. Hey, let's go ahead and pray and close this part of the gathering. Father, I do thank you so much for being the God that does invade our lives and writes, rewrites our stories that that our past does not have to be our biography. What I pray for my friends and myself here is that we would have the courage to, to trust you. You've never, ever, anyone ever proven yourself to be a liar or unreliable or untrustworthy. We might have thought it. We might have felt that way. But in the end, we saw that you were kindly and graciously working out a better plan for us. And even in the midst of our stupidity and the consequences of our dumb actions, you were still working that out in a way that would help us gain wisdom and understanding about you and your love and your kindness towards us. So here's what I pray. Give us the courage to believe. Give us the courage to love. Give us the courage to serve. Give us the courage to follow the teachings and the lifestyle of Jesus Christ himself that we may become the human beings that you meant us to be. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this production by Mosaic Whittier, a community of faith, hope, and love. For more information about Mosaic gatherings and events, please visit mosaic.org.